السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. Our brothers who are scattered around, if I can ask you to come and take the spaces at the front, Jazakumullah khaira, so we don't struggle towards the end. Come towards the front and as far as you can come, fill up all the spaces towards the front, Jazakumullah khaira. May Allah reward you for your steps that you are taking and make you closer to Jannah with each step. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi al-ladhin as-tafa amma ba'd. فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما رسالة شريف اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد the default position of the human being when we come into this world is that we don't know anything. Jahal, ignorance. Wallahu akhrajakum min butuni ummahatikum la ta'lamuna shay'a, Quran says. Allah took you out of the wombs of your mothers in a state that you didn't know anything. We didn't know anything. And then, وَجَعَلَ لَكُمُ السَّمْعَ وَالْأَبَصَارَ وَالْأَفْئِدَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ Allah gave you the ability to see, Allah gave you the ability to hear, Allah gave you the ability to think, He gave you a heart and a mind, so that you become grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the divine, the default position of when we come into this world is we don't know anything. We are people of jahl, we are people of ignorance. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who teaches us, who gives us ilm. Now think about it. When we came into this world as human beings, we didn't know anything, and that's every single person. And today, we're in an age of artificial intelligence, AI. Now, who created AI? You tell me. Human beings. The same human beings, Allah is saying that you are people of jahl. You didn't know anything, nothing at all. And now we've got the same human beings who are inventing and creating things like AI. This is the age that we are living in now. Allah says, Allah taught you that which you didn't know. So this is something we know, we accept that we didn't know anything and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught us. We're in a time where knowledge is so easily accessible. Everybody has a device. Everybody has access to the internet. It's all around us. But despite that, what is it that we're learning? What is it that we're spending our time on? Because at the same time when these devices of knowledge, let's call it, can be beneficial, it can also be harmful as well. Depending on where a person lays their focus and what we choose to spend our time on. Because after Iman, one of the greatest blessings is of time. And when this has made and facilitated our lives and created a lot of ease and access, at the same time, let's think about individually, it's creating a lot of wasting of time as well. May Allah protect us. Allah speaks about, it's a different discussion, but it applies here as well. That the things these people are learning are things that harm them and there's no benefit in it whatsoever. If we look at problems, difficulties, struggles, in the world, in your life, in your family, 
a lot of the time the root of a problem the root of a problem is ignorance many a times we will find the root of a problem is ignorance either we didn't know they didn't know he didn't know she didn't know or we knew but we acted as if we didn't know one is not knowing and one is not practicing on the knowledge that's also ignorance that's also ignorance this is why a sinful person is also called the jahil because we know we know we shouldn't be doing it but we're still doing it so this is a type of jahil as well ignorance may allah protect us sometimes we do this as well in the hukana zalum and jahula we know we shouldn't everybody knows we should pray everybody knows that it's not as if we don't one is we don't know everybody knows but sometimes we don't so on our part this is jahil we're not acting with the knowledge we have the knowledge but we're choosing to act in ignorance the time before the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was called the days of jahiliyyah we call it the days of jahiliyyah because these people it's not as if they weren't knowledgeable people it's not as if they didn't know things they knew things but they didn't know what they needed to know or they didn't practice and uh, implement the things that they were supposed to be doing for example we hear a name from that period abu jahl abu jahl abu means father jahl means ignorance the father of jahl now that wasn't his name rather his name was abul hakam and hikma we know comes from wisdom the so someone whose name is abul hakam he's become known as who abu jahl because he knew he knew and you might be thinking how can you call him jahil when he knew he had the opportunity he could have learned but he chose not to he behaved in an arrogant way he chose ignorance over knowledge and thus until qiyamah we know him as abu jahl the whole idea of sending prophets one of the reasons why allah chose to send prophets because people were in jahl people were in ignorance they needed guidance who to worship how to worship and the fact that this life isn't the eternal life there's a life hereafter people didn't know so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the messengers and the messengers would come and they would preach to their people and the message was ya qaumila nuh alayhi salam is telling his people ya qaumila as'alukum alayhi ajra in ajriya illa ala allah wa ma ana bitaridil ladina amanu innahum mulaqu rabbihim walakinni araqum qauman tajhalun nuh alayhi salam said to his people look i've come to preach to you the message of allah that's my job that's my responsibility i'm not asking you anything allah's going to reward me I'm doing my job in preaching to you and I'm letting you know that you're going to meet Allah one day. But the problem he says the problem with you guys is I consider you people to be ignorant because you're choosing not to listen. I'm trying to teach you because you don't know that's fair. I don't look down upon you for that reason. But when I'm trying to teach you, I'm trying to preach to you and you're putting your fingers in your ears. You're running away. You're blocking the sound. You're shutting the door on me. walakinni araqum qauman tajhalun it seems like you're choosing ignorance over knowledge i'm trying to give you the knowledge with kindness inni lakum nasihun amin i don't want anything from you i'm a well wisher for you but it seems you're choosing ignorance over knowledge unlike this and remember it's a it's a general rule in life 
a person is an enemy of what he doesn't know. A person is an enemy of what he doesn't know. And you'll find this, it's very common. You know about something, that's fine. You don't know about something, then you act as if like, that's the worst thing on planet earth, just because you don't know about it. And that's dangerous. That's dangerous. We're finding it now, it's very common. Muslims all know about Makkah. So they'll talk about Makkah, they'll talk about the Kaaba, they'll talk about the King Salman, and they'll talk about the royal family as if they, are, they came from heaven or something. How dare you say anything in regards to them? Because they know about Makkah. They know about Medina, they know about Masjid Nabawi. But because they don't know about Jerusalem, about Masjid Al-Aqsa, they don't know that it's in the Quran. They don't know how many hadith there are. So then they will act, a person becomes the enemy of what they don't know. Now, someone will start speaking in a way, oh, that, that's not for the Muslims. Give it to the Bani Israel. This is how they will speak. Your iman is in danger. If you speak like this, your iman is in danger. Oh, why should we talk about Masjid Al-Aqsa? Because that's not our Qibla anymore. This is jahal. This is ignorance. Can you believe, can you believe that these are comments that are being made now, today, in our area. Can you believe it? After so much knowledge, after so much awareness, these are things that are being discussed now. All, just tell the Palestinians to go to some other country. Hand the over to them. The root of problems is jahal, ignorance, very dangerous. Very problematic. I had something else totally planned to speak about. But now this has come up and it's serious. You know, in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose. Now look at this. This is precision. Divine precision from Allah. In the whole Quran, the Quran is holy. Allah does not need to speak about uh, any other book in the Quran. Because the Quran is the ultimate book of guidance. We know about the Torah, we know about the Zabur, we know about the Injil, we know that the content of those books was changed and it's lost and no longer preserved. And the only book Allah has promised to preserve is the Holy Quran. We believe this, right? Alhamdulillah. In the Quran, Allah chooses to bring one verse from the Zabur. One verse. Zabur is our book. We believe in it. We have to believe in it. That the Zabur that Allah sent to who? Prophet. Who did he send it to? Dawud alayhi salam. The Zabur Allah sent to Dawud alayhi salam. We believe that this was a book of Allah. We believe Torah was given to Musa alayhi salam. We believe Injil was given to Isa alayhi salam. Amantu billahi, kama, uh, amantu billahi wa malaikatihi wa kutubihi. We have to believe. That's part of if you don't believe in the previous books of Allah. As Allah revealed them then, not today, because they've been changed. They've been tampered with. They are abrogated. They're cancelled out now. Allah brings one verse from the Zabur, the Psalms, in the Quran. And he tells us. And it's really interesting. Because it solves this whole issue of Palestine. In one verse. In regards to the People who say, oh, we should just give them the land. You're going against the Quran. You're going against the Quran. If you don't know, it's better to stay quiet. It's better to stay quiet. 
inna sam'a wal basar wal fu'ad kullu ulaika kana anhu mas'ula the quran says don't ever speak regarding that which you don't have the knowledge if you don't know it's sad that today there is a trend especially on social media and it's become the norm the comment section like how can there be a quranic verse or a hadith or something happens and it be open to interpretation globally to everybody how's that even possible and how do you think you have the qualification to speak about a matter of the religion which you have never studied you don't have any knowledge of first of all my question would always be to such individuals do you know the arabic language that's the first question because the quran and the hadith is in arabic you can't use translations because translations are not 100% accurate one translation will say something another will say something it doesn't deliver the full meaning a translation is an attempt to explain something so a very important point allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the quran he says he brings one ayah from the zabur when he's talking about the bani israel when he's talking about the land which is the land of palestine and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says walaqad katabna fi zabur min ba'di dhikr what did he say indeed in the zabur allah says we wrote it in the zabur and no one can deny this because allah is saying it himself walaqad katabna fi zabur min ba'di dhikr after all the other reminders and all the other revelations that he needed to give what did he say that this land of Palestine, this land of Baytul Maqdis, it will be inherited by my pious servants. Who said this? Allah. Where is this? In Quran. In the Quran that you read. And Allah is saying, this is what I wrote in the Zabur. وَلَقَدْ كَتَبْنَا فِي الزَّبُورِ مِنْ بَعْدِ الذِّكْرِ أَنَّ الْأَرْضَ يَرِثُهَا عِبَادِيَ الصَّالِحُونَ Who would be considered today as the عِبَادِيَ الصَّالِحُونَ A person who doesn't believe in Allah, can that person be عِبَادِيَ الصَّالِحُونَ A pious person, a person today who doesn't believe in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, can they be عِبَادِيَ الصَّالِحُونَ Somebody who swears at Maryam alayhi salam, Isa alayhi salam, can they be عِبَادِيَ الصَّالِحُونَ Somebody who calls Suleiman alayhi salam a kafir. This is what Bani Israel believed. That Suleiman alayhi salam and Dawud alayhi salam, they committed acts of kufr. Suleiman alayhi salam, they believed before he died, he left Iman. He died as a murtad. This is the belief of the Bani Israel regarding Suleiman alayhi salam. Quran says, وَمَا كَفَرَ سُلَيْمَانَ وَلَكِنَّ الشَّيَاطِينَ كَفَرُوا Suleiman alayhi salam did not commit any act of kufr. It was the shayateen. Muslims, mu'mins, the followers of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam are the ones who will inherit the land of Palestine. And this is why this month of Rajab, we remember the great journey of Al-Isra'i wal-Mi'raj. This is Quran. Read the Quran. Study the Quran. Go to the people of knowledge. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, إِذَا مَرَرْتُمْ بِرِيَاضِ الْجَنَّفَرْ He said, when you pass the gardens of paradise, grace to your fill. Sahaba said, Wama riyadul jannati ya Rasulullah. What are the gardens of paradise? The Prophet said, Majalisul ilm. The gatherings of knowledge. The gatherings of knowledge. 
And the greatest knowledge we need is the knowledge of Allah. The knowledge of the book of Allah. The knowledge of the deen. This is what is needed. The Anbiya alayhi wassalatu wassalam, when they came to their people, they addressed them, they spoke to them. And we find that they reminded them of Allah. And they told them that if you continue not believing in Allah, not learning about Allah, not implementing that in your life, they said to their people, Inni araqum qawman tajhaloon. I consider you to be ignorant. You might know everything of the world. And that's fine. Study, learn. That's fine. But if you don't know who is Allah, for example, for example, this is an obligation upon Muslims. Not everybody has to be a scholar. No. But you have to understand who your Allah is. That's an obligation. At this moment in time, we know 25 to 30,000 Muslims have been butchered, massacred, killed in a mass genocide. We all know that. It's been more than a hundred days. We all know that. Now as a Muslim, shaitan will place doubts in your head regarding your Lord Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Where is Allah? Where is the mercy of Allah? We're making so many du'as, so many events, so much awareness has been raised. How come it's still carrying on? Alasna ala al-haqqi wa hum ala al-baatil. Even Umar radiyallahu anhu asked, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, aren't we on the truth? And they are on the falsehood? Then why such humiliation? So as a Muslim, it's incumbent upon every one of us to have this much knowledge, to understand who is Allah, how does Allah work? And Allah has certain rules by which He runs this world. And you will find this in the Quran. We have to sit in the gatherings of the Quran, where Quran is being discussed, where Quran is being taught. Otherwise, we're going to struggle in this life, in this world as a believer. One of the rules Allah tells us in the Quran, this is one of Allah's rules, not my rule. This is, Allah, this is Allah's rule in His rule book. And He goes according to this. He tells us, وَلَا تَحْسَبَنَّ اللَّهَ غَافِلًا عَمَّا يَعْمَلُ الظَّالِمُونَ Never consider that Allah is unaware of what the oppressors are doing. Allah has a system. Allah has a system with an oppressor. Allah says, I intentionally give them respite. I intentionally allow them to do what they're doing. I continue, I allow them. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, The hadith says, Allah gives respite and delays. Allah says, we can slowly, slowly let them carry on. You carry on. You carry on. And then he explains himself. Open the book of Allah. And if we don't know, go to those who know. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran, he says, if you don't know, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ If you don't know, go to the people of knowledge and study and learn about who is Allah. The greatest knowledge that you can learn. And it's the greatest need of the hour for us to understand who is Allah, how does Allah work. Otherwise, there's going to be a lot of confusion. There's going to be a lot of doubt, especially at times of tribulation. At times of tribulation, our iman is tested. And shaitan exploits the iman of a believer the most. He creates and plants seeds of doubt and tells you if Allah is al-Hakim, he's so wise, where is the wisdom? If Allah is Rahman al-Rahim, where is His mercy? Allah is al-Latif al-Khabir, why is He allowing it to happen? If we ask this question, we can also ask, well, the Prophet ﷺ went through tragedy upon tragedy. 
so much so that at times some of his sahaba were suffering at the hands of the Quraysh. And the Prophet ﷺ was unable to do anything despite watching. What did he say to the family of Yasir? Sabran ahla Yasir, sabran ahla Yasir, inna mawidakumul jannah. Similarly, we find Fir'aun, he massacred for one whole year babies, male infants in front of their parents. We can ask, where was Allah then? Allah knows. Allah knows, but Allah has a plan. Remember, this entire universe belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The creation belongs to Allah and Allah makes the rules. Similarly, one of our articles of faith is we believe in the qadr of Allah. Whatever has happened over the last hundred days, Allah knew about it. Allah willed it to happen. Whatever Allah wills happens. And if Allah doesn't will, it will not happen. Quran says, if Allah wanted, He could have taken revenge. Every time somebody spat on the face of the Prophet they swore at him. Allah could have taken revenge. But the system of Allah is, Allah allows these things to happen for a greater plan. And there are many reasons. When we see what's happening in Gaza and Palestine, it gives you and me an opportunity we're being tested now. Are we grateful for the ni'mah and the blessings of food, drink, electricity, warm heating, central heating that we have, and the fact that we are safe, we're not living in fear? Have we thought about this over the last hundred days? Of how fortunate and blessed we are? Have we expressed our grudge? Allah's testing you right now. It's one of the reasons. Quran tells us again and again, Allah tests some of you with some of you. They're going through a different test and a trial. And we can see, We can see they've passed their test. We can see all they are saying is, We are seeing they are saying that we're never going to leave this land. No matter what happens, they have absolutely nothing. And they still stand for everything. But on the flip side, you and I, where do we fare? What are we going to do? How are we going to fulfill our responsibility? The first is we must, we must, we must show gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Allah at a time like this has chosen to keep us in His ni'mah, in His blessings, where people are starving, where people do not have access to clean water, where people do not have safety, where people have lost their family members, not one or two, multitudes. And they don't have anything. 80% or more of the population of Gaza has been displaced. That's like 2 million people. 2 million people don't have a place to call home. It's not as if they're just waiting or once everything's calmed down, they can go back. There's nothing there. And it'll take years to rebuild. But despite that, alhamdulillah, they are fulfilling a huge obligation on behalf of the ummah. Do you know why? Because that land of Baytul Maqdis, of Palestine, what you might think, why is it we don't speak about, some of you might be thinking, every week you come in and it's all Palestine, Palestine, Palestine. How long are you going to carry on talking about Palestine? Why don't you talk about so-and-so place? So-and-so, this is another land, there's another area. Do you know why? Because Palestine is not just Palestine. Palestine is the most mentioned land in the Quran. If you tell me stop talking about Palestine, you're telling me stop talking about the Quran. That's what you're saying. If you tell me stop talking about Palestine, you're telling me stop telling us the stories of the prophets. 
If you tell me stop talking about Palestine, then you're telling me don't talk about the place where five times Salah became obligatory. Your five times Salah is connected to Palestine. Because this five times Salah, it was in the night of Mi'raj. Allah chose Al-Masjidul Aqsa. If you tell me stop talking about Palestine, I will ask you, why was it that every single night the Prophet ﷺ, before he slept, he would read, Subhanalladhi asra bi abdihi laylan min al masjid al haram ila al You open the hadith, he will tell you. The Prophet ﷺ, every night before he went to sleep, he recited Surat Bani Israel, which today we call Suratul Isra. I can continue, we can go on. And the ayat of the Quran, page after page, surah after surah, dedicated surahs. So this is not any ordinary land. I end by mentioning one thing which a lot of us might not be aware of, to bring your attention to the importance of that land. A great sahabi by the name of Tamim al-Dari radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He was a Christian, he accepted Islam. He's actually Palestinian. So he was from Palestine. And there's a famous, famous story where he actually encountered the Dajjal on an island. We're not going to go into that. When he accepted Islam, he is the one who in, in, he in, in introduced lighting, candles, lanterns inside Masjid al-Nabawi for the first time. And the Prophet ﷺ became extremely impressed. He came out of his house and everything was light. Normally it would be dark. And he said, who's lit up the masjid? Ha ana ya Rasulullah. It was Tamim al-Dari radiallahu anhu. And the Prophet said, Nawartal Islam, you have illuminated Islam. May Allah illuminate you in dunya and akhirah, like you have illuminated Islam. And then he said, If I had another daughter, I would have given her in your marriage. This is how pleased he was. Tamim al Dari radiallahu anhu asked the Prophet, Ya Rasulullah, I have come from Palestine. My land is the land of Hebron, Al Khalil, which we call it today. Can you, can you give me that land to me and my family? The land of Hebron and the surrounding areas. Can you allocate that to us? The Prophet summoned Sayyiduna Ali radiallahu anhu. He brings a piece of leather. And the Prophet makes one of the first endowments, meaning waqf in Islam. And he writes for him that the land of Hebron and the surrounding areas are going to be for Tamim al-Dari, who's a Palestinian, and his family, until the day of Qiyamah. Anybody who tries to take this land away from them, the curse of Allah will be upon them. This is the endowment, it's called Iqta in Arabic, Iqta al-Nabawi, for Tamim al-Dari and his descendants until Yawmul Qiyamah. And they have many descendants. Anyone you hear by the surname At-Tamimi, they are from the family of Tamim al-Dari radiallahu anhu. Anyhow, years later, there was a king in Gaza. He saw that land of Hebron and he wanted to take over it, occupy it. So he goes there and the people stop him and say, you can't take this land. This land was given to us by the Prophet ﷺ until Qiyamah and nobody has a right over it. So he says, I, I, I don't accept that. And he went to the, the governor of the time, the Qadi. And the Qadi said, how can the Prophet ﷺ give you a land which he didn't own? At that time, Palestine was not under Muslim rule. So his giving is not binding. The document of the Prophet is not binding, he says. You guys can take the land. The people of Palestine did not agree. And they said, we have to discuss this with a great scholar who can give a fatwa. 
the greatest scholar alive at that time in Palestine was none other than the great Hujjatul Islam, Imam Al-Ghazali Rahmatullah Alayhi. Imam Al-Ghazali wrote part of his famous book, Ihya Ulumuddin, inside Al-Masjidul Aqsa. So they go to Imam Al-Ghazali and they tell Imam Al-Ghazali, this is what the Qadi, the judge has said, that the prophetic endowment is not binding. Imam Al-Ghazali, the first thing he said, al Qadi Kafir. He says, that Qadi, number one, he has become a Kafir. Because he rejected the document of the Prophet Anybody who says, Palestine is not for the Palestinians. A dangerous statement. If you don't know, it's better to stay quiet. Imam Al-Ghazali said, this Qadi has become a Kafir. Number one, fatwa number one. Number two, he said, the Prophet ﷺ was allocating policies for people in Jannah. He was in the world. He allocated policies and mansions for people in Jannah. And we accepted it. We believed in it. So if he allocates a land which Allah has promised him already, Allah sent him wahi and told him, Palestine is going to be under Muslim control. And if he allocates that, lot, uh, that land, then we believe in it. فَعَطَاؤُهُ صِدْقُ وَوَعْدُهُ حَقُّ the promise and the, the document of the Prophet ﷺ is truthful and it's binding. In conclusion, in conclusion, we mention once again that this issue is not a small issue. This issue is connected to your Quran. It's connected to your Iman. It's connected to the Prophet ﷺ. And this is why it has so much life. I'm not doing this. The Palestinians are not doing this. Allah is doing this. Allah is doing this. Whatever is happening, Allah is the doer. And there is Allah has a plan. And we can see He wants up to us to wake up to this cause. Therefore, this is an opportunity for us to fulfill our responsibility, staying within the framework of the Sharia, staying within the framework of the law. And this is why tomorrow, is it tomorrow 20th? Tomorrow there is a very important Birmingham-based demonstration taking place. And we want everyone to take part. Many of you might not have been able to make it all the way to London. But we have no excuse. It's on our doorstep. Jeremy Corbyn will be speaking. Loki will be speaking. Ismail Adam Patel will be there. There'll be other speakers as well. And many people, brothers, sisters, youngsters, elders, children, everybody is invited, inshallah, in Spark Hill. That is where it starts. You'll see the details. And for this, we need volunteers as well. We want volunteers so we can manage our own protests without the need of any police. There's going to be police, but without heavily relying on others to facilitate our gatherings. So therefore, anyone who is willing to volunteer, please see Amin Bai, Adil Bai, or any of the responsible brothers, inshallah. So once again, please make an effort to attend tomorrow, inshallah, the protest. And uh, along with this, our normal announcements every Sunday morning for this cause. We've been having this for over two and a half years, the Great Fajr campaign. I invite you to please attend 6.45 is Salatul Fajr on Sunday. Brothers, sisters, children, everybody is welcome. Breakfast is served as well after the event. Jazakumullah khairan. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين